This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast is sponsored by FinDaily. Your accounting clients don't want another shiny app that they have to log into. They want to be met where they live, in their email inbox. FinDaily does just that. FinDaily automates the communication of key financial data by sending it to your client's inbox daily. I've been using FinDaily for a few months now. Each morning I get one email with a high level accounting information for multiple companies. And like I said, in one email, FinDaily sends me the bank balances from the bank. The balances in QuickBooks are open bills and unpaid invoices. It allows me to stay on top of key metrics in our business without having to sign into dashboard apps or multiple accounting GLs. FinDaily is fully customizable for each client and has connections to Plaid, QuickBooks Online, and Zapier, allowing you to quickly create a daily email for each client with the financial data they care about. If you're ready to provide your clients the numbers they need in a way they can quickly digest, head over to UQB promo slash FinDaily. That is uqb.promo forward slash F-I-N-D-A-I-L-Y. Welcome to the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast. I am joined by my good friend, Alicia Katz-Pollock, the original, the one and only QBO rockstar, CEO and founder of Royal Y Solutions. And I have the privilege of collaborating with Hector Garcia, CPA, the founder of Right Tool for QuickBooks. In this episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast, we're going to be talking about giving QuickBooks feedback. Hey, Alicia, how are you? Hey, I'm great, Hector. How are you doing? Good. So this was your idea. Um, mm-hmm. You have you have a strong belief that in the last three months, and I've observed that too, there's been tons of fracture feedback in social media about uh, specifically about things in QuickBooks Online or things with Intuit in general, some of the connected products like um, QuickBooks Checking and Payroll and, and QuickBooks Bill Pay and all these things that have felt like just an avalanche of changes and new features in the last three months. And you believe that um, we as an accounting community haven't really had the conversation around what is the best, most proper way to give feedback that is effective. So number one, they listen, they understand. Number two, that they actually take action, right? And, 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 And let us know what the status is. And most importantly, I think, Alicia, you've been privy to what the feedback gathering process is. So if you enlighten us on that, I think it allows us to kind of understand, you know, how the feedback gets gets, gets handled. So with that, uh, you know, take it away. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, the communication with Intuit really has to be a two way street, and ideally, Intuit is is using us as bookkeepers and trusted partners to improve the product. And we know that they've been doing a lot of changes under the hood, and it's had some probably from there and some unintended consequences. And I've been reading on the socials just an increasing frustration with the product and with the experience. And so I was hoping to be proactive to kind of smooth the Uh, to pave the way and smooth the communication so that Intuit is getting good, actionable feedback and not just a lot of blowback that they have to react to. And I think, yeah, I think think one of the things we need to mention is uh, sort of the format or the the, the way, the initial way to give feedback. So I think the the best, most simple way to give feedback is going to be in product because in product is going to be most most, uh, contextual. Because when QuickBooks gets a piece of feedback, they know which screen you're in. So when you say the save button is not working or something like that, okay, there's a save button all over the place <laughs> in QuickBooks. So you know, even if you're missing information, 
hopefully the context helps a little bit. Um, in the in the product, most feedback screens, and this has been a bit inconsistent, there will also be a little camera icon where you can take a send a screenshot as well. I strongly recommend that when you do send the, the the feedback, just because you don't know who's reading it and you don't know if this is the first time they read this specific feedback, is if you could take a screenshot and maybe with your snipping tool, circle the area that, that, that they need to kind of focus in, uh, it's gonna it's gonna create just much uh, much much better context. Um, also, I, I think it's important that you not just say, you know, my application or payment is not working, that you maybe explain a little bit of the background of what you were trying to achieve. Just say, hey, I had this open bill that, you know, that was originally matched through the bank and they unmatched it. And then I try to apply a payment and it looks like, like if you give a little background about the things that you try to do, that also helps quite a bit. So it, it, it does put a lot more onus on you as a feedback giver to try to be a little bit more specific and do the screenshots. And hopefully with a snipping tool, you can do uh, some uh, some annotations. But that's kind of the, the best way to start doing it. Yeah, the more specific you are, the better. You know, what Intuit is experiencing is, for example, and I'm being specific in my feedback to you, is when they first started rolling out the new reports, people would go there, they'd be kind of like, sh like shocked by like, oh my God, this is so different. It, it's not what I'm used to. I don't know what to do. I'm leaving. And then when you go back, it puts up a, it pops up a feedback saying, well, what was your experience? And most people are just going, I hate this and then leaving. And so 75% of the feedback that Intuit is getting is completely unhelpful. They need to know what's not working. Why isn't it working? Like you said, what, what have you tried? And so if you can be specific, I'm running the transactions list by tag report, and I'm finding that the amounts are negative when it's on a credit card instead of positive. And then that actually gives them somewhere where they can go look, they can run the report, they can see what the problem is, and then know what to do. And that's a huge help to them. The more detail we give, the better. I do want to add some context. Uh, when uh, Alicia said you go back, uh, I think she kind of means that some screens still have a button that lets you see like the classic version of that screen. So reports is a good example. In some cases, the new estimates and the new invoices are a good example. So there's some situations where um, you can go back essentially to go look at the old view or the old style or the old uh, version of a certain screen, but that's not um, across everything. Like sometimes you'll be like in the new build screen and you don't have a, a way of going back to classic view and there's no going back to it. Like you have to work within what yeah. you have and then the feedback has to be given within what you're looking at. Yeah. So, so let's actually take a minute and talk about all the different places and the ways that you can give feedback. So the one that we just were discussing is when they're beta testing a new product or a new layout or a new interface, if you go back to the original view, it always asks you, well, what was your experience? And so that's specific to why, what's not working and why did you leave? But I, I'll, I'll, add a, I'll add a note to that, sorry. Yeah. The new invoice and the new estimate does give you a pop-up where you right. can rate it from one to 10 or put a happy face exactly. and add a note. But the reports, they took that away because uh, it was taking so much time for people to opt out of that thing uh, because people, accountants were giving feedback some other place saying that going back from classic view to to modern view, um, like just going back to it was taking an extra step. So they actually took away the automatic pop-up requesting for feedback in the reports. So you won't see that specifically on reports anymore, or at least as of 
right now that I'm testing the file. It's probably also because they were getting useless feedback. Oh, this sucks. I hate it. It's not what I need. And I'm going back. Correct. Correct. I, I can't find the information. I don't like it. Go back to the old reports. That's the type of stuff that they were seeing. So, so on the, specifically on the new reports, on the, on the modernized reports, there's actually a, an actual text on the top right of the reports that it's, it's in blue and it says give feedback. And when you open that, it says, uh, tell us what you think of the report builder. That's what it's called. So, so specifically with reports, you, you, the only way to give feedback is to click on give feedback and, and keep in mind that there's, there's two ways to give feedback in QuickBooks online generally. One is you can click on the gear menu and then under profile, click feedback. That's generic feedback. And that one is not contextual enough to allow the, to, for it to go to the specific people that are working on that area of QuickBooks. So that goes to the generic feedback team. And again, if you do it through there, which is fine, make sure you do plenty of screenshots and notes and specifically to what screen you're looking at. I would even venture to copy the URL of the, of the screen you're looking at and paste it on the feedback. So when they paste it back in their side, they can kind of test to try to see the same thing you're, you're, you're seeing. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, so that, that gear feedback up under the gear and then to feedback is kind of the main centralized feedback. It also does have a little camera in it, which is supposed to take a screenshot for you. But for me, that has never worked. I don't know if it's just my computer or if the feature doesn't work, but that is the main place to go. And when I leave feedback there, <laughs> I also sign mine. <laughs> I put in parentheses, this is Alicia or something like that. Or like Hector, you've said that you'll put your contact information in there if you want to be reached. And occasionally I have had people um, that from their development team write back and say, oh, well, this is something that we're working on or, hey, we need more information about that. And they have actually reached out to me. I actually put my cell phone sometimes. And not, not every time, depending on the type of feedback, but when, when I'm giving feedback of something that's fundamentally broken, that, you know, that like me as a shareholder, not just as an accountant and as a, as a, as a user or as a, you know, you know, group, you know, Facebook group leader or whatever, um, as, as a shareholder, I don't want my, you know, my investment and into it to be embe- to have an embarrassment over something being broken in accounting. So I would say something like, Hey, this report is actually omitting this specific piece of information from the accounting. This is crucial. This is broken. Uh, here's my cell phone. If you don't understand it, this requires immediate action. So mm-hmm. sometimes, and of course, saying my name and I have a little bit of clout and, and it probably causes people to react a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not saying that every single person that puts their cell phone number in there is going to have a direct call, a phone call from the, from, from the team. But I'm telling you, I've done it as much as that. And I've gotten phone calls within the hour of me putting that. So someone definitely is reading that because okay, so yeah. it's actually going through and reading it because you know they, there's no but that says hey detect when hector sends feedback and <laughs> puts a cell phone number like someone's reading it and going oh oh this is this seems to uh, be important this person's putting this the contact information yeah hector and alicia don't get our own links <laughs> unfortunately yeah no. so, so just to, so to recap that this segment there's three different places to leave feedback the main one is up under the gear the second one is contextual, that when you're on a certain screen, that there'll be a little feedback inside that screen. And that actually goes directly to their product development team that's responsible for that feature. And then there's when they're beta testing and, they'll, and you leave it, then they'll ask you to feedback. So those are the three fundamental ways of, of leaving feedback. Right. The, the now, third one, you're, what you're mentioning on the third one is when it actually pops up. When, you, when, yes. when it pops up and says, hey, give feedback. Yeah, I would definitely give feedback on those, especially when 
the pop-up was caused on an action that you took where you actually went back and say, I don't like this version, give me a better version or whatever. So those are probably the best time to do it. Just going back to the classic mode won't fix the problem because mm -hmm. I, I'm going to tell you something from the last two years or so, Intuit's take hasn't been, oh, people are going back to the classic mode. Therefore, we should not move forward and progress this feature into the next thing. All it does is maybe slows down a little bit. But basic, basically, when you see a major change in the screen, the change is it's coming. Okay, so now, so now we need to make sure that that they work around this change and you just make it fit. Like for example, the new invoices. I really haven't met any accountant that has said I love the way the new invoices look like. Like I, I think that almost every accountant that has at least more than one year experience using QuickBooks Online didn't like the change. Um, this has been happening for maybe two and a half years where they've been testing the new invoice and estimates sort of look. Um, they're not going backwards. They're actually trying to push this um, uh, forward as fast as possible. There's been some delays, and we've talked about that in previous po uh, podcasts where you know the sales tax wasn't working properly and some of the additional custom fields weren't working properly, but they're moving forward towards the new the new version of invoices, even though I didn't like it that much at first. They've made some fundamental changes, like for example, to the table. They made it more like the old table that now makes it a little bit more pleasant to work with. And now, you know, I'm sort of so used to it. I no longer sort of dread the new version and the old version. So that feedback is going to make the, the product better. And it's, it's, it's more valuable that you're giving the feedback live rather than just saying, I hate it. And, and like, like just keeping your opinion to yourself. Sure. So now let's talk about what happens with that feedback. So now I'm going on what I've been told, and many of these are things I've been told more than once, uh, but there is a, a TV monitor somewhere on the Intuit campus where every time you put feedback up, at least under the gear, it rolls up on their TV set and there's somebody monitoring this and that's how they know immediately if there's outages, all of a sudden they'll start getting complaints that, you know, things aren't working. Um, it's also where they can look for patterns that if there is heavy usage on one particular feature at one particular time, they can see who's doing what and when. And then what they do at the end of the week is they compile all the feedback that has been gathered and they have a meeting every Friday and they go through all of the feedback and they figure out, okay, well, that's just user error. That's user error. That's user error. Oh, wait, here's a problem. Oh, wait, here's five people who had that same problem. Oh, this is an important problem. The more people who give feedback about one specific issue, the higher up it goes on their priority list. So by the time this Friday meeting comes around, they look at what their priorities are. Where are they going to put their attention on making the corrections or fixing features or improving the experience? That's how they set their agenda for development for the following week. Yeah. And one of the examples in terms of like pattern gathering, and I, I would venture to say at this point that they probably are applying some AI into just sort of looking at this feedback and, and because obviously saying the report is unreadable, hard to read, uh, the font size is too small, it's too gray, not big enough, not bold enough. Like those six pieces of feedback would be difficult to group into, into, into one unless a human being is actually reading every single one of them and grouping them together and, you know, and reading thousands of feedback that's coming in per hour. So I'm sure AI is using patterns to say, okay, look, these 
six things seem to be the same type of feedback, although they're using different words. Now, prior to you know us understanding how AI works, I used to be like in the conferences. I used to be, um, I used to be the one that tell people, listen, this is the very feedback that all two hundred of us are going to give. You're going to go into QBO, you're going to click on the feedback, and you're going to say on this screen, we need a larger font size. I don't want anybody to have any variations. Say the exact same thing on the invoice. Larger font size. Use the same six words, seven words, and then what ends up happening is, you know, they, they'll be able to pick that pattern up really quick. So prior to AI, you know, uh, the, the rudimentary systems that would pick up patterns would require the same keyword per se. I think more like the way Google works. You know, it's all keyword based, and the AI can now take multiple concepts that are so, sort of semi-related and group them together. So it's getting better. Um, you know, uh, you, identifying patterns. Do you know that they're using AI to run through these, or do you think that yeah. they're just? I, I would imagine that they're using a spreadsheet and and yeah, doing I don't. I, I, search I, patterns. I don't know for a fact that they are. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm assuming that at this point <laughs> they, they have they have the technology to do that. <laughs> sure. Um, so and so that's why the more specific you are with your with your words, the better results and the sooner that we're going to see things. And, you know, you've heard me joke on, on this podcast before about flood that feedback. You know, if there's something that we collectively would like to see happen, you know, I would love to see, you know, somebody on social say, Hey, everybody post this feedback. And then we all go post that feedback. You know, like my, my big thing that's front of mind from what we were just saying about the invoices is the fact that all of the actions that you take on an invoice on the new invoices are under this tiny little action button that you can only see if you click manage. But those are the things we do with invoices. They need to be at the root level and available just immediately from the buttons. So everybody should flood that feedback and let them know that in the new invoice experience, you have to click on manage and then click on actions in order to copy an invoice. And it just shouldn't be that hidden and it shouldn't be that hard. Okay. So that's essentially our ask, you know, use the input or feedback, be specific. Um, if, if there's new screens, beta screens, make sure you to use, if those pop-ups come up, use those or, or use the specific in, in feature feedback, which is not in the gear menu. This is actually exposed. Um, so that's that's the the structured feedback. Let's talk about some of the scattered feedback that people give out there. So we have Facebook groups. Like I run a, a group called uh, QB Power Users that has fifteen thousand plus users. Alicia runs a group called QuickBooks Online Training or something like that. Training for QuickBooks users. Yeah, training for QuickBooks users that has over ten thousand users. Um, and then users tend to look, sort of vent their frustrations in there. The challenge with that is, even though I could tell you at this point, there's Enough Intuit employees looking at the QB Power Users, um, the QB uh, Power Users group, just because I've given people feedback uh, manually, like over a phone call or over Zoom, and I would say something like our Facebook group was talking about that, and they would say, "Yeah, I know, I read. Yeah, I know, I've been reading. Yeah, I know, I've been looking." So, so obviously, um, there are some use some Facebook users in these groups that are reading. That's that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. Okay, we want. We want uh, QuickBooks employees to be in these groups because through these conversations and the, 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 the trends of these conversations, they can understand how users are feeling. So I am not going to discourage using Facebook groups for that because I can tell you at this point, Facebook groups are a great tool to give feedback. 
The problem is that it's dependent on the two or three employees that are reading it. And then those people have to then put it in some other database or, or, or take it with their heads to the Friday meeting or whatever it happens to be. It's not, um, it's not structured enough for the actual product managers to see. So it's usually more like the leaders that are looking at this. And I got to tell you, honestly, most of the time, even the Intuit leaders don't understand the nature of the feedback. Like they understand that people are frustrated about something, something to do with invoices, but they don't understand the specific mechanics of this drop down menu used to give me this option and no longer it gives me this option. Or now it takes three clicks to get into this option. And then when I click and I save it uh, and I go back to it, it doesn't save sometimes. Like the specific mechanics of how like these buttons are working, especially when they're mocking with the design of soft the software itself. Uh, it goes over the heads of some of the leaders because that's not what they're doing. Like the leaders are more worried about, hey, you know, our accountants, you know, moving out of QuickBooks Online into some other solution because we messed up messed up something big time. Or you know, uh, the price increases. You know, how 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 are they really affecting you know the users at the end? Like they're looking at more of the sort of high level stuff when it's specific things having to do with the product. That's where the input of feedback uh, works as well. There's also other places I looked at feedback. I've been seeing feedback in Reddit quite a bit. I, mm -hmm. I'm in the QuickBooks Reddit group channel, whatever it's called. I know, Alicia, you're there too. So sometimes you see, you know, sort of random feedback there. I doubt anyone from Intuit is reading Reddit. There's also stuff in Twitter. You know, if nobody from Intuit follows you, you know, they, might, they, might, they might not look at that. Uh, sometimes they tag QuickBooks, sometimes they don't. It's just all over the place. I got to tell you, like, if I had a preference, and, and I might be biased, it would be like Alicia's or my group in Facebook because we can read that feedback and sometimes we'll see that somebody wrote a feedback and the feedback itself is not structured in a way that it, it could make sense to a product manager. So sometimes we'll add a comment saying, oh yeah, this particular screen because of this button, this was changed recently. And sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll you know, snuff out what's essentially not, you know, feedback. It's more of a user error. Like what do you say? Peacock or uh, pep Pepcac. Pepcac, right? The problem exists between the user and the keyboard. So, we'll, we'll, so in the Facebook groups, which are a little bit more interactive, we can discern the difference between, okay, this is broken in the product versus this is more like a bookkeeping problem that you have to sort through. Um, and then when you actually see people responding to that specific piece of feedback, that feedback might be something that, that sort of bubbles up. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, and this is a big problem, Intuit doesn't have its own feedback system, okay? Like they, they, they have... They have that, that, what feels that, and what I mean by that, it doesn't have an interactive feedback system that the users can see what's happening. It just has that little void, the little black void where you go in and you give a feedback and you don't know what happens until something actually happens. Yeah. No. Whereas, whereas I think we're into a benefit well, quite a bit. Give me a second, Alicia. Sure. Where, where, where it would benefit quite a bit is when we give this feedback, it would be nice to go to a place where we can actually see all the feedback that we have given. We can see if it's been read. We can see if it's, if, it, if it's been grouped with other types of feedback. We can see if it's been sent to a product manager to work on. We can see if it's been identified as something they're working on, maybe something with a timeline and a, and a roadmap. And then somebody saying, yeah, we identified this with something we can fix. And then, hey, we actually fixed it. That would be incredible. Like, like we have the, our, the QuickBooks users are so excited and so passionate that they would go in there, they will upvote, they won't suggest repeated feedback if somebody's already working on something. Mm -hmm. 
that's missing. And I don't know why Intuit doesn't have that. That used to be there. That there used to be when you put in feedback. And I don't know if I'm talking 10 years ago now. You used to put in feedback and it would actually bring up a list of topics and say, is your topic related to any of these? And then you could upvote the ones or add comments to an existing thread. And they did away with that. And I think that would be kind of the kernel of what you're talking about, if they could pull that forward again. Because I think that transparency is really helpful, that if I give a feed, a piece of feedback and I can see that 200 other people have had the same thing, that gives me the peace of mind of knowing, hey, I'm not alone. That, hey, Intuit's going to have to look at this because there's a significant number of users that are affected by this. So I love your idea. I love the, of the idea of having a... a a feedback site where we can go look up problems and see where they're at and see what they're working on. That kind of transparency would go a long way. Right. Plus, you know where it helps quite a bit. If somebody has taken their time to write a detailed set of feedback and put screenshots and I'm having the same problem, like it would be a waste for me to go through the same exercise. I could just look at it and go, I'm having the same problem, upvote. And then basically that allows me to save those 50 minutes of good feedback and spend it in other type of feedback. So the problem is, you know, we might get a lot of users feel frustrated that they're, they're, they're giving too much feedback and they're not seeing enough action. And, and, the, and the reality is because we might be all be giving redundant feedback because we don't have a system like this. Right. Now, fortunately, I've been putting in so much feedback for so long that I get the satisfaction of seeing things that I suggest happen and come into play. And again, I'm specific. You know, like when the reports, when the the new version of the reports came out and the rows were really wide and they had a line between them, I was specific. Okay, you don't need that much white space and please take out the hard rule between each row. And they did and they're gone. So, you know, it, it they do listen. I mean, way back in the day, um, I, I guess it's not even relevant anymore, but, you know, there's a confirmation message that pops up every time you complete a transaction. For a while, it was right on top of the plus button, which used to be in the center. And so it would cover up your ability to do your next action until that went away. And so I complained about that. And literally the next day, they just dropped it down an inch so that it wasn't covering up the button. And I know that was because of my feedback. Yeah, I know. But the other challenge you have is like you remember that. So like you in your mind, you believe your feedback works. <laughs> but when 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 every user that has given feedback ever, um, either through just like don't don't remember anymore because there's no way to look at the feedback you have given, um, can recognize that their feedback has been has been heard, then they automatically think that they don't listen to feedback or they don't care about customers. I remember with desktop software and QuickBooks desktop obviously had this, you had release notes that basically said, hey, mm -hmm. version three, we added this, version four, we added this, version five, and that became a permanent record. So like you could never, like QuickBooks desktop users could really never go back and say into and never listens because you can go back and look at the release notes and you can see all the things that they fixed over the history and that be, that's permanent record, permanent history. Okay, like with Write Tool, for example, as a developer, I have a permanent record of every single thing that we have added to every version, everything we started. Yes, it's a very long list, but if anybody will come, come to us and say, hey, you guys are not listening to feedback, I can say, well, you can look at the history of every change that we've made and every update that we make, and I, I can beg to differ. So Intuit, I think, wants to say that to users. Hey, by the way, this, that's not true. We, we don't ignore you. We don't, don't listen to you. The problem is they don't have a place to go show 
the progress that they've made. Like we have to remember all these things. Yeah, like, you, you and, know the the we were talking about the bell a couple weeks ago. Having release notes pop up where every week they tell us all, even the tiniest little tweaks that they've done, where they just give us a running list of all the changes that they made in the software that week and have it up under the notifications bell so that we can go see what's new, what's been fixed. Because one of the things that I also see from reading the forums is people are like, oh, QuickBooks doesn't do this. Well, yeah, it does. And they changed it, but because you already dismissed it out of hand, you never saw that it actually, they fixed it and changed it. And so that's one thing with QuickBooks is you can't just make your decisions about how it is and what it does because it changes right out from under you. And so, you know, I had somebody complain that um, the 1099 wizard, you can't do corrections. Well, guess what? As of 2024, you can correct your 1099s. But unless you actually give it a chance or read the articles or take my class, you don't know it's there. You know, there's not there's not enough fanfare. No, right. and when you say when you say read the articles, we're specifically talking about going into firm of the future, clicking on what's new, and then clicking on every month edition of what's new in QuickBooks Online. And because there's there's two articles you want to be reading, you know, QuickBooks Online new features and improvements for the month of December, January, February, all that stuff. Another one you want to be looking at, which is, doesn't seem to be exactly monthly, but it seems to be like every other of the month, which is the the um, the feedback from accountants. Uh, this is do you mean, you your, mean feed your feedback your feedback in action? Your feedback in action. So mm -hmm. there's two articles you want to go to firm of the future and basically subscribe to and listen and, and read every month which is the monthly what's new in quickbooks online which is for both accountants and end users and then your feedback in action which is specifically uh feedback from accountants and then once you start reading those you start re realizing that oh yeah they are listening to accountants there's some very specific accountant needs in your feedback in action i recommend looking at that again because you said i got very frustrated once with with a particular area of QuickBooks and completely dismissed it, and I haven't seen it in six months. Hey, maybe maybe what you wanted, it's there already, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also the in the know webinars every month. That's where they talk about the new features and the big changes, not these tiny little tweaks, but the big changes. So that's into it doing their best to communicate with us. But I can't tell you how much I really like your idea of a weekly release notes. Just like all the tiny little things that they're fixing on the back end, that helps us. So hey, I, do I, it. I don't even know if weekly. I don't know if weekly is going to be a thing. I mean, because I don't know if they do do changes in a weekly basis. But at least every single time something changes, you know, hey, release note. We changed this. We changed this. We changed this. I, that will help us too. The Sometimes they're is, teeny tiny little things. Yeah, but but the underlying problem, which is a whole another issue here, which is is really us giving feedback to Intuit in general which is there are multiple versions of QuickBooks Online out there. I mean, I'm not talking about like simple start and essentials. I'm saying even multiple essentials companies can have their bills could look different across three different company files. So that makes it particularly challenging because you can have, for example, somebody on Facebook goes, you know, this thing is broken with the bills. This button doesn't work or something. And then somebody will reply and saying, that's absolutely wrong. I'm looking at the bill screen and that's not working. What well, the problem is, you're both looking at two different bill screens. You know, right. That's the problem. Yeah, you know? Would it help to put your company ID in the feedback so that they can see which company and which yes. server and which release you're on? Yes. Well, yeah, right. Like you don't know which release and which server because that information is not public. But yes, if you put your company ID, the, the specific company ID 
that you're having the problem in that feedback, that should make it easier for them because then they can reference it and go, oh yeah, they're still in the older version or, or they're in the new beta version. Um, like for example, the new the, there's a new version of the products and services screen. I don't know if, you, if you've seen it, mm -hmm. Alicia. Um, it's, it's called beta. Okay, like when you go in there, you look at products and services, it says beta. So it's very clear that it's a new version, but only some of the company files have it. So, you know, so the challenge is you can give feedback on, on this screen or even publicly say, hey, this thing is broken. And then other people might not even have might access even to have the screen. And then, and then people are fighting online with each other because they think the other person <laughs> is talking about some user error issue. And the reality is that you have different versions of the screen. This is why the screenshot is such a crucial part of the process. Yeah. I mean, th this for me is a challenge that I come across all the time with my books that the lessons are written on Craig's landscaping, which tends to be very stable and they only update it when something's solid and good to go. But then the lessons or the exercises are based on uh, brand new files from the Intuit education portal, which tend to be all the things that they're releasing in beta testing. And so I actually have to have like two sets of instructions for a lot of the, the a lot of the content. Yeah, that, that, that's a huge challenge. Uh, anything else with, uh, with feedback, Alicia, anything else in your world having to do with uh, specifically with feedback? Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that I would make sure of, like you said, is making sure you're not putting in feedback about user error. I've done that sometimes where I'm, I, I put in feedback that something's broken and then I realized, oh, shoot, I did this when I wasn't supposed to. Sometimes I go back into the feedback and I say, hey, that thing that I just wrote, never mind. I have no idea if that helps them or that's more confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, that, I'll, I'll that cop to it to if once. I blew it myself. Yeah, that happened to me once. I sounded the alarms about the new um, fixed asset manager. Uh, because I didn't realize that it doesn't go back and do past journal entries, that it only did future ones. So I, I raised the alarms that I spent all this time adding the, the assets and doing this and doing that. I'm just saying, but it's not working. Like nothing is working. The journal entries are not happening. And the problem is I have to wait until the next month next round. for the journal entries to start showing up. So I did this whole dissertation about like why you shouldn't <laughs> release broken things and this and that. And then I, I, I went back and I'm like, I, I saw it that, you, that they released a new video on YouTube that explained it. And in the video somewhere, it said, by the way, the last entries won't, I mean, the last period periods are not going to be entered. It's only for future periods. And I go, oh, crap. Yeah, that's the problem. So sometimes you also want to go check the, the YouTube channel to see if there's been a new video being released about a particular feature, because sometimes they'll mention that quickly. Now, the challenge is that, like, as a user, there's so much there's so much weight on me to, okay, I got to look at the frame of the future website. I got to look, I got to look at the feature that's on my screen with face value with no text or no context. I got to go look at a YouTube uh, channel. I'll have to interact with people on Facebook to see what their experience is. It, there's, there's a lot of weight on our shoulders on this. So unfortunately, you know, uh, Intuit probably gets a lot of feedback. That's, that's user error. And, and, and like, don't, don't fear. The point is don't fear entering feedback because of what we said, I'm saying just, you know, just take a look at it first, you know, make sure that you're covering all your bases. Uh, and then you and before sounding the alarms, you know, make sure it's not, you didn't miss a step somewhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, let's wrap it up. Alicia, what's going on in your world? Um, I am in the middle of a, a series of, I just released a new course on the new 1099 wizard. So 
they revamped it from the previous years. I talked about this in a previous episode. So I just released my walkthrough video on how to do that. Next week, I'm teaching a brand new course on QuickBooks Time, which I've been wanting to teach a course on it since it was T-Sheets, but I w- it was so daunting. But now that it's in product and part of payroll, I am finally recording that content. So I'm working hard on that course. And so I'm releasing that one on the 16th. And the next class that I have coming up at the end of January is one of my favorite ones. And it's what I call the year-end cleanup for tax time. And what I'm doing in that class is I'm demonstrating how I go through one of my client's files and all the nooks and crannies that I look in for bad data, missing data, incomplete data, um, data errors, and everything so that by the time I run through it, I know that their books are 100% solid and ready for taxes. So I'm on January 30th teaching that class. Okay. And I heard that you're going to re- redo your payroll class around February mm-hmm. too. So the QuickBooks payroll. So all that stuff you can find in royalwise.com in, uh, in Alicia's education website. Uh, in my world, um, you know, we, you know, with, with right tools specifically, because it's tax season, we're going to kind of slow down the new features and changes because we don't want to rattle the cage for accounting professionals. So we'll be updating some things in, in, in our tool. But the big announcement that we made uh, earlier this week is that uh, we finally have dates, venue, theme, and everything for my conference that I'm running in in South Florida. So I'll give you a quick, uh, and Alicia, you don't know it, so I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, you're, no, I'm this, looking forward to it. You're hearing this for the first time. So the conference is called Reframe. We actually rebranded from the Alt Accountant Conference to Reframe. And the, the, the reason why we use Reframe is because my goal is to help rebrand the profession. Like that's my life goal at the moment. Like my job is to make sure that the accounting profession and everything that's attached to it, bookkeeping, tax, accounting, technology, all that stuff, it's actually seen as the most fun, creative, and forward-looking out of all the professions. And unfortunately, you know, even though we do dabble in tech and that sort of thing, accounting is actually seen as more of the predictable, mundane, boring, non-creative type of thing. So I'm trying to flip it on his head or reframe, you know, what people, uh, how people feel about accounting, accountants, and how accountants feel about themselves, the profession, and the work that they do. So the Reframe conference will be an, it's an annual conference. The 2024 theme is called Influential Conversations for Accountants. We're going to be focusing on all the conversations that we have with clients, with vendors, with employees, with other colleagues and how to strengthen uh, our skills in having more effective conversations that actually influence, right? The, the, the point of having any conversation is to, to take your idea, transmit it to the other person and get the other person to agree that it's a good idea. You don't have to change somebody's mind, but you ha- they have to learn your point of view. And the word choices, like how you, how you talk about it, how you frame it, how you, you know, your, your branding behind it, you know, how you, how you uh, prop up its value, how you explain your reasons why and, and the ultimate goal or outcome of whatever idea you want to transmit. If you are able to reframe that in a way that is effective for the person that's receiving the message, you're going to be much more influential. And with that comes negotiation skills. It comes, uh, you know, giving feedback to vendors, even like, you know, the way you give feedback um, you know, you can do it in a way that's influential or in a way that they just, they'll just ignore it. So the whole conference is going to be about improving the communication skills for accounting professionals, but we're also inviting the sponsors and the vendors 
to be part of the conversation too. So any, all the sponsors are not just going to be sitting on their booth. We're actually going to like, you know, uh, uh, um, brief all of them on the content and they're going to be participating on the tables because I think that improving communication is not only for accountants, it's also for our tech partners, okay? Um, including QuickBooks and Intuit, they got to improve their communication uh, skills too. And I don't mean individually, I mean like in a macro, like they have to do it more in a strategic level. But so the conference is going to be in, Hollywood, Florida. It's in a beachfront property called the Diplomat Resort. Um, all the information about the conference is going to be in, in uh, reframe2024.com. So reframe2024.com. It will be October 24 to October 26. The conference will be fun. It will be creative and it will be forward-looking. And my, my brother, Carlos, and I are the hosts putting it together. We haven't announced any additional speakers. Uh, because you technically don't need to. This is all going to be about the conversation within the accountants, in-table group exercises, brainstorming. Um, that's what's, So we're very excited about that. We had a very successful conference last year in 2023. So we, so our goal is to top it, to make it even better. Well, I'm really looking forward to being there. I, I have FOMO about not being at last year's conference. Perfect. So with that, um, thank you for tuning into this episode and we'll see you in the next one. See you in the next one. This podcast is independently operated and is not affiliated with or endorsed by QuickBooks or Intuit Inc. Any reference to Intuit and QuickBooks products are made solely for the purpose of discussing the topics related to the company and its software.